episode number 10, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yay. Yay. Uh, that was just a piece of garlic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess you gave me beet juice. Yep. I just noticed this. Yes, I gave that to you a while ago and you haven't started it. Typical. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm drinking down the beet juice right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for you. Okay, I'm almost done it. Oh, I'm getting it down. By the way, this is things my wife sends me as I drink beet juice. Beet juice is not part of the title. What are you going to do with all that garlic? I'm going to pickle it. Pickle it? And then you're going to eat it. You like garlic. I, I garlic do Garlic is good for you too. I don't know if I enjoy pickling. This is different. This is like garlic with lemon juice. Mm. Okay. I think I finished the beet juice. That was fast. Well, I, I want to get the show going. Okay. Oh. Probably drank that too fast. I think you did. You're supposed to sip it. Yeah, I could barely get that down. Okay. This smells really good. G- great. I like the smell of garlic. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff tonight. Uh-oh. I think so. Okay. Because well, it's been a while since we've done this. It has been a while. This. All right. Utah dad says he was attacked for bringing five-year-old daughter into the men's bathroom. Mm, yes. Yeah. Chris Adams took his seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter to shop for storage bins at a Walmart. Both children needed to use the bathroom. This whole situation was so messed up. Yeah. Seriously, what's he supposed to do? He can't, like, let his little girl wander into the women's room by herself. Yep. Somebody would probably, like, report him, like, why are you abandoning your daughter? Yep. Instead, a guy came in, dropped the F-bomb, and was freaking out that the daughter was in the men's bathroom. Right. And pretty much figured that it was part of the bathroom debate that everybody's been talking about lately. People are so oversensitive over things these days. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, obviously there there is a line between, you know, reason and demonstration. Mm-hmm. And punches were exchanged. The father was able to pin the attacker down. And while this was all going on, the son managed to get the daughter into one of the stalls and lock the door to make sure that the attacker couldn't go after his sister. Mm-hmm. Little boy, right? Little boy. He said, yeah. Yeah. Because <coughs> the little boy was just freaking out. Yeah. By all this. Because the boy was seven mm-hmm. and the girl five. Right. Yeah. It's a smart boy for a seven-year-old. Definitely smart boy. It's just sad that this kind of situation is happening. Yeah. Speaking of situations, <laughs> there's a moose that was spotted trotting down Boston streets. Well, it wasn't really Boston. It was more like Watertown or... <laughs> Belmont. Belmont, yeah. Actually, it started in Watertown and went to Belmont. Seriously? Yes. How did it get into Watertown? Uh, everybody's kind of wondering about that. I mean, that. we live right next to Watertown, which is... Uh, we live right next to Boston, like downtown Boston, you know? Yep. Yeah, the moose stuck to the sidewalk while in Watertown, but ran down the middle of Belmont Street. So, did they? How how did the situation resolve? <clears throat> I'm not sure they actually resolved this. Okay. I have to look up. Because I know they scene. were saying that they were like basically trying to just let the moose mind its business. Right. Like keep an eye on it in case it needed help, but they were like, "This moose is gonna figure out how to get back to where it's going." Yeah. But we saw the video of this thing, and it was just really amazing. It's amazing I mean, how I, fast. I, it, w- it was amazing how fast the moose ran, but, like, I don't know. Moose belong in the woods. Yeah, no, it's... It's it just didn't look right, you know? Well, there's actual controversy taking mm. place uh, by Watertown residents who are wondering, 
why yet another mm. resident had to move to Beaumont <clears throat> from Watertown. What does that you mean, the moose? No, it was a joke. Okay. Because the idea, I guess, a lot of people are leaving Watertown for other places. I can kind of see that. So they're saying yet another resident moved. Uh-huh. That being the moose. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Starting mm-hmm. at Watertown and ending up in Belmont. <sighs> and uh, no moose-related damages reported. Well, the moose didn't have any antlers, from what I saw, at least. No? From what I could tell, I mean, it was going pretty fast. Although I remember walking by a, um, a newspaper somebody had thrown on the curb, and I think there was a moose with antlers on the front hmm. page. So I don't know. Yeah. We, I, we do see a fair amount of, you know, wild animals around here, but I've never seen a moose. <laughs> moose was described as a young female. Mm-hmm. Um... At one point, they just decided to no longer search for the moose, but they're ready to respond if it's sighted again. Uh-huh. That was on June 2nd. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe he figured out where he's going. Mm-hmm. She. She. <laughs> she. Yeah. It's a female moose. Uh-huh. Uh, Texas is having a problem due to a selfie statue, which is triggering a social media backlash. Because people are like, that's not really something that you want to glamorize? Yes. Mm-hmm. However, the government officials were mentioning that there was no objection at the time to the donation and proposed location, so the project proceeded. Mm-hmm. Because nobody said... They objected to it. But you know how these things go. I mean, maybe it's different there with, like, a small town, but many things here you don't even hear about them happening. Right. Like, even if you have an objection, it's usually too late by the time you find out that it's happening. That's actually taking place. We had to deal with that ourselves. Right, but I'm just saying it happens all the time. Yeah. The other thing that's not being recognized is that the donation is part of a 10-piece collection that was donated. Really? So are all the other ones the same design kind of thing? No. Okay. The big reason why people are going nuts over this is that the residents believe that taxpayer money was used to pay for the statue. That's pretty bad. It wasn't, though. It was uh-huh. donated. Okay. No taxpayer money was used for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on the other hand, others aren't happy with what the statue actually depicts. Right. <clears throat> I can see that. Yep. So somebody wrote a post online saying Sugarland erected a statue of two girls taking a selfie. It's most embarrassing Texas thing since Wendy Davis or The Rock. You know, I have to say, though, as much as people are embarrassed by all this stuff, they are doing it on a daily basis. Right. So they're clearly embarrassed because something about the act of doing it makes them uncomfortable, and yet they do it anyway. Right. They're saying there's so much history in Sugarland, and yet a statue is put up of two girls taking a selfie. Right. Yeah. And then there are various pictures of the selfie statue. Mm Mm-hmm. So the only problem is, is that these bronze statues are supposed to represent activities that commonly take place in the square. Right. And that the artist observed. But, you know, from an art perspective, like they're making people talk about it. Right. That's what they're trying to do. Which and, and the fascinating thing is no one's talking about one of the other uh, statues that was donated, which is a man playing a guitar. Right, because you see that kind of thing in any town. It's not really that uncommon. Right. Um, The Morning News has reported that the city plans to have an unveiling ceremony for the statue donations for the future. Mm -hmm. So essentially, all ten statues will be presented as a collection. Mm Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. But, but, I mean, there's a picture even on the front page there of, like, everybody taking pictures with the selfie statue. Exactly. But that's the funny part is, is that it's a piece of art. Right. And essentially, he was, he was saying that in the area where 
this statue was placed, he observed a lot of people taking selfies. Right. In the park. So that's just what was happening there. That's just what was happening in that park. Yeah. Where another part of the park he observed the people playing guitar and another part uh, just different elements. The idea that there's nine of them. Nine statues. Of nine. I believe it's a nine. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, 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 sorry. It is uh, 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 10 items donated by Sandy Levin. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's Levine because of the spelling, right. but I'm trying to see if I can look up any other information about the statues. Yeah. Literally, this is what's really fascinating by this donation. No one's talking about what the other statues are of. At all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm literally looking... I think it's just that it's tapping into something that people are very self-conscious about. <laughs> that being the fact that they're all taking pictures of themselves. Right. And they know that there's something kind of conceited about that, but they're afraid to admit it, and therefore it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, okay. I found the actual land development about the statue. Mm -hmm. Just looking right now. Oh, they're called sculptures. Right. Okay, here we go. Okay. Just checking. Okay, so one of the ten sculptures is an alligator. Okay. Which is a piece that's been very popular with the park visitors. Mm -hmm. As a result, two similar type of alligator sculptures were provided for a different park, placed along the creek bed featured adjacent to the Pavilion Plaza. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just seeing what the items... No, of course. They're, all they're saying is activities. Uh, it just says the activities would involve artistic, cultural education, and historical characters seen in Sugarland. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. And as I said, no feedback took place at the meeting. Mm -hmm. Where it was nobody, donated. But nobody showed up to the meeting. I'm guessing nobody showed up to, to the happen. meeting. It's to happen. Nobody has time anymore. Well, they just found a way to put themselves on the map, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of makes me wonder if um, the way that politics have been running for so many years will change soon, moving forward. As in, like... I mean, I don't know if it's even possible just because of people's involvement and time abilities, but, like, you know, for some of these smaller issues, if they'll start, like, posting them on government websites so you can follow. Not I'm sure. sure I'm sure they wouldn't want to because then, like, if somebody actually has a voice, then they might speak out. And then, like, you know... Oh, no, they're they wouldn't speaking be, out. No, they wouldn't be able to get things under the rug. But um, <sighs> it just makes me wonder, seeing the way society has changed, if they are going to have to change the government to work with it. It's getting there. Yeah. San Jose protesters were attacked. At a Trump rally? At a Trump rally. Right, because they were protesting the rally. Yep. Yeah. With punches and eggs and other items at Trump supporters. Personally, I'm glad to hear that people are starting to, to speak out. I've been seeing a little bit more more of that over time. Yeah, but in this case, they're taking Trump hats, they're burning the hats. Right, which is a little bit intense, but they're feeling equally strong, you know, as the other side. And they don't, you know, the media seems to be kind of almost praising this, you know, there's 
violence, pro-Trump thing, right? Yeah. So I think it's about time that the other side starts speaking up. They're saying the other side filed a city block near the San Jose Convention Center being rowdy and angry. Mm -hmm. Banging on the cars of Trump supporters as they left the rally, chasing after those on foot to frighten them. Right. And police were keeping their distance from the crowd while the scuffles played out. Mm Mm-hmm but trying to do everything they could to keep them from getting closer to the convention center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad people are speaking up. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where all this leads. Cause I, but, I mean, if you really think about it, right, like, seeing where these Trump supporters are at, they are they're not listening to logic. Mm-hmm. You can argue with them all day, and they're brainwashed enough that they are never going to listen to you. Yeah. So maybe this is the only language they understand. It's the sort of protest violence thing. Yep. The question is whether it'll change any of them over. I don't know. Boy vanishes after parents kicked him out of their car. Um, Update found unharmed. Right. This is in (laughs) Japan. They said that it was like a punishment because he was throwing rocks or something earlier in the day. So his parents made him get out of the car in this area that, like, tends to have black bears or something. As a result, he was found in a military drill area on the northernmost main island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. I mean, I remember being a little kid and actually being threatened with the same. Like, we'd be on the highway and I'd be threatened about, like, you know, if you don't stop screaming or whatever the situation was, we're going to leave you by the side of the road. I don't think it's a very nice threat. I really don't. Yeah, he ended up suffering from dehydration Mm -hmm. and was found three miles from where he was left. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they sort of, like, started a whole debate over there about, like, trial discipline. What's okay, right? They they, uh, left him by the forest that was ridden with bears and then waited several minutes and then came back to find that he had vanished in that short period of time. Yeah, I mean, that's why parents are... You, obviously, you need to discipline, you know? But there's kind of a line where it's too much discipline. Like, you can't neglect your kid. Yep. Abandonment and child abuse is more common in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parents told police... That they had to punish the boy for throwing rocks at people in cars while playing at the river earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. But is, this is all the sort of old-fashioned authoritarian parenting strategy that yeah. we all grew up with. And I mean, look where it got us. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Very far, it's, apparently. Well, it, the thing is, I mean, I've done research on this stuff, especially working with kids. It's led me to, you know, read about how, like, this kind of discipline just causes the kids to grow up and basically be messed up. Yep. I mean, you have trouble with socializing. You have trouble with sort of feeling, you know, I know this is like a buzzword from that time period, but like self-esteem. Like, you know, yeah. you you basically um, have a hard time kind of putting your foot down and trusting yourself. Speaking of being good with children, China is going to replace their 2,625-foot ladder to school with Ugh. actual stairs. Yeah. The picture of this thing was crazy. Yep. You saw that? I saw it. Kids literally. They had like have an adult go. in front of them and an adult behind them. They're basically climbing up a ladder on a cliff. Correct. To get to school. Right. I mean, imagine being a kid being like afraid of heights. Yep. Well, if they miss one rung of the ladder, they're done for. That's the problem. <laughs> yep. And, uh,. What the villagers were even more concerned about was the exploitation taking place due to traders knowing that they're unable to carry unsold produce back up the cliff. So as a result, would barter them down so that they wouldn't have to carry their produce back down the ladder Mm -hmm. or up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. And, And the only reason why... 
China cares right now is because of the international attention it received from a photographer right. that was just dumbfounded by the entire situation. But it makes me wonder why those kids can't go to a school that's like on the ground where they live. I mean, does, isn't that kind of logical? It, it wouldn't make sense. How it's kind of strange that there's a school up on top of this cliff yep. when they could have one in their own community wherever they're living. Possible. <laughs> Ages of the children ranged from 6 to 15. Crazy. Yep. Imagine that being in kindergarten, being told to climb this crazy cliff. Yep. And uh, they would return home from the boarding school every two weeks. So they would climb yeah, the ladder I, I and then this, spend um, two weeks. Documentary on Netflix that was about this, not about this particular situation, but about kids who have to go through these crazy situations to get to school. And it was really pretty amazing. Like, you know, there are some kids who are having to deal with wild animals and such. And, you know, especially in certain parts of the world, you can basically be in danger while you're, you know, going yeah. from. I'm sure it was obviously done for the camera, but like. At the same time, I think there is definitely a reality to that, that yeah. in certain parts of the world, it's not like you just get on a yellow school bus and you go to school. Like, yeah. you kind of have to grow up really fast. Speaking of kids and transportation, girls over five may not ride a bicycle. You have to give a lot of context to this, otherwise this doesn't make any sense of him. I know, it makes absolutely no sense. Essentially, a religious leader in the Jewish community has decided with a bunch of other religious leaders that girls over five shouldn't ride a bicycle due to it not being appropriate. Right. Well, this isn't a very religious part of the Jewish religious community. Yeah. I We've noticed a lot of things coming out of them recently. Just like very much kind of trying to get control over everybody. Yeah. But th this is not really something new. I mean, I've heard this whole thing with the bikes all the time, but <clears throat> I think it kind of relies on the fact that people can't think for themselves. As in, like, if you're going to put your little girl on a bike, just have her dress modestly. But I guess that somehow older men find that attractive, which is really creepy. Right. They're saying that it's probably attractive because of the skirts and the way they yeah, pump they their legs. They shouldn't be looking at them in the first place. Well, yeah. Somebody in the comments was even recommending that, that if it continues in this degree, they're going to be wearing burqas before we know it. Right. And then where are they going to be? It's just like little kids need to just be able to move. Yeah. And you imagine the alternative. Like, let's say you have all these little boys and girls, and the boys are playing on their bikes, right? Yeah. The girls can't do it. Then what? They stay inside and sit around? Mm-hmm. Going back on the school level, a school in Maine is asking everybody to return their yearbooks. This was pretty bad. Yeah. High school in Maine is asking students to return yearbooks so they can affix a sticker over a quote that somehow made it in from Nazi leader Adolf Hitler. Yeah. But I think that just attests to the fact that people right now are not very educated about World War II and not really paying attention to what's going on in the world. Yep. They're saying no one at the school noticed the offensive quote that accompanied a senior's photo before the yearbook was printed. The quote said, anyone who sees and paints a sky green and feels blue ought to be sterilized. Mm -hmm. And they did not catch. I really wish that people at, at schools would teach more about World War II. Mm -hmm. These days, I don't know what I don't know how much they are. To be perfectly honest, so maybe I'm not a very good, you know, spokesperson for that. But it's just, especially in the era we're living in right now, I'm seeing so many parallels. And I've been listening to documentaries and things while I've been working, and you know, just about World War II, and it's just so similar. I feel like people are being done a great disservice by not being informed about that part of history. They're also saying this happened in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. where school district was forced to apologize after quotes from Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and ISIS yeah. were printed in a high school yearbook. That's crazy. Oopsies. What happened? <laughs> There's a little piece of garlic that kind of jumped out oh of Oh, God. Should I go get the garlic? Do you mind? All right. Hold on one second. Thanks. 
You might have to entertain them while I'm getting the Well, garlic. I'm just peeling. It'll take you one second. Thank you. I didn't know that garlic could grow at this part of the garlic head. Thanks. Okay, I'm back. Okay. All right. Where were we? Well, we were talking about World War II. Oh, right. And the quotes in the yearbooks. So it's amazing. I know when I was in college, I ended up helping out with the school yearbook. Well, there would always be, like, some kind of yearbook crew, and, like, you know, they would basically read everything pretty, you know, scrupulously before printing it. Especially in today's day and age in general. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that you have the internet now where you can copy and paste these quotes and find out who they're attributed to. Right. So, I mean, you also have to wonder with these cases if the people knew who they were said by. I mean, a quote like that's pretty, you know... Vicious? It's vicious in the first place, but still. Yeah. And some people just don't know what they're saying until it's kind of too late. Yeah. ISIS defectors are asking Western governments for help returning home. Yeah. Uh. This is a tough situation because, I mean, obviously there are, there are definitely people who go over there and then probably realize that it was a mistake. But, like... Too little, too late. Right. To some extent, too little, too late. And also, you know, that's just opening up risk for, you know, people to infiltrate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for you to just be like, oh, I need, I need to go home, and all of a sudden you're, you know, hurting people. Yeah, how do we know there's spies? Right. I don't know. <sighs> no men allowed women only pool hours are drawing complaint in New York City. However, when the New York Times were talking about the same issue concerning another religious group, they were praising on how amazing Canada is for allowing women-only pool hours. So basically, again, you need the context. This is a case where, you know, there are a lot of religious Jews in New York, and, you know, typically religious Jewish men and women don't swim together. So they've divided up, you know, given women some hours so that they can have separate swimming times, so that they can use the pool. Right. Which is pretty awesome, you know. Like, I know that's more of, like, an old-fashioned concept that you don't see around very much anymore, but I'm sure that there are a fair number of women who are, you know, not even religious by any means, you know, who just would prefer that. No, but according to the tablet, uh, literally, they, they expose that the New York Times are saying that they oppose women-only swimming hours for Orthodox Jews, and the same paper said that accommodations for Muslim women need to happen, of women-only pool hours for Muslim women. But that's what's happening here. They're saying that Jewish women and Muslim women swim together. In this case or whatever, what, but what's weird is, is that this issue that's happening is targeting more Jewish women. Right. The Muslim women one was in Canada. Okay, but I'm just saying that I was reading, I don't know if it was in the comments or in the article, that the Jewish women, the Muslim women swim together in these pools. That w That's in the comments. But the point is, the New York Times is targeting gave two separate things. There was This issue came up before, mm -hmm. but it came up in Canada. Yeah. And the New York Times was stating that how amazing it is that the Muslim women have this ability. Like, here, I'm, I'll read you from the New York Times. Special considerations have to be made to address the modesty concerns so that the Muslim girls can swim and not reveal too much of themselves. During their hour-long swing practice, all other swimmers are cleared out of the pool and the men's locker room is locked. Female lifeguards are brought in and it just continues from there. That That's how they I mean, I've, address... I've noticed this a lot recently, like especially, you know, if you're looking up Jewish subject matter, right, on the internet. A lot of what's coming up is just anti-Semitism. Yeah. So messed up. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I would hope by this point in history, people are educated enough to understand 
you know, fellow human beings better than that, than to just blame everything on one religious group because that's what the media is telling you to do or something. I mean, there, you really have to examine issues before you start op- making opinions on them. Yeah. So literally, here's the quote now of how the New York Times approached the same issue. When it came to Jewish women. When it came to Jewish women. Ready? Mm -hmm. Orthodox Jews, moreover, are not the only New Yorkers who hew to a different view of modesty than the contemporary one. Oh, wait a second. That's not Mm -hmm. the New York Times. I'm trying to find it. I was going to say that sounds kind of kind. (laughs) No, no. That's... I'm trying to find this this article. No, because they, they literally went after, and now I can't. Yeah, people are even coming out with hashtags of let my people swim. Yeah. But let me just see if I can find the quote. Ah, here we go. I have the New York Times quote now. Mm-hmm. The city's human rights law quite clearly states that the public accommodations like a swimming pool cannot exclude people based on sex. Right, this was somebody, you know, some random person commented to the Human Rights Board. A strong odor of religious intrusion into a secular space. But, you know, what are they supposed to do otherwise? Just as a general comment here, like, you know, it's the same thing kind of like we were saying before with the bikes, right? If you tell women, well, you can't swim because it's not modest, you know, so therefore we're taking away your swimming hours and stuff, then people won't swim. They'll just be sitting around, you know, taxing the healthcare system, right? Yeah. It's completely unproductive. And they're saying when officials who were pro the transgender laws were asked why they were defending the women's right to swim... And uh, literally went and and asked the question of if there's a man that identifies himself as a woman, would that man be allowed to show up to these to these swim hours? And they didn't give comment. Mm -hmm. It kind of left the conversation silent, which brings up a very interesting point with everything that's been going on, especially with the bathroom situation that we see. Yeah taking place let's say there is a transgender person Mm -hmm. that happens to identify as a female Mm -hmm. and wants to join literally these religious women are not going to swim with that person right the pool will be empty right even if it's not because of like well you make me uncomfortable it's just that you know the fact of like something about it just doesn't feel right or you know they would be questioned by their community or something right I mean, it's kind of like with this whole thing, you know, with the bathrooms and all, like, you know, I don't have trouble with different kinds of people. I think people are people, but it's like, I, you know, I see women, you know, in a women's room, like nursing and all this stuff, you know? I mean, that's just why why these rooms are there. And Actually, I don't know because I okay, fine. don't go in a women's but room. But I'm just saying, like, you know, that's sort of a woman's space, right? Yeah. So if you break down that boundary, some people are going to start feeling very uncomfortable, and then what? We're done. It, it, I'm just saying, like, it, it leads to sort of taking away that privacy, potentially, mm-hmm. for people who feel uncomfortable about that. Mm. I'm just saying, there's, there's so many situations where, you know, for example, like, in situations where somebody's being abused, you know, that's maybe where they run to because they know that the man won't go in there. Right. So what happens if all of a sudden that's opened up? I mean, it's just breaking down these barriers that have been built for the sake of protecting, you know, women and men, you know. I mean, that's it's going to a crazy extreme. I'm just saying, like... We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's happening. It, it can just all lead to crazy things, which, you know, is so wrong. Like, you know, I feel like that, that would also, like, trample on people's feelings if they feel that they need to be in one place or another. But, you know, maybe in that case they should just have a bathroom that's for both. In the middle. I've seen some places that are like that. A lot of places are actually transferring their bathroom so that it's for both right. and only one person can use it at a time right. instead but, of multiple people. Right, which is fine. I'm just saying that, like, you know, either like that or that there's kind of one in the middle for anybody. They're getting there. Right. 
you know, that I can see, but like just basically making the men's room and the women's room gender neutral, you know, with all these stalls and stuff that can just open up a big can of worms. Yeah. But even the other way, I mean, it's easy enough for some creepy guy to like put up a camera in one of these, you know, bathrooms and. True. <laughs> you know, if if he if he can go in there and a woman can go in there too. Right. It just opens up doors to so many things that, you know, society has tried to avoid for good reason. Didn't even think of that one. You can go on and on with this stuff. I don't want to. I know. New York City election boards lost track of their voting machines. Yeah. 1,400 pieces of equipment are missing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, they said they were, like, looking for them, right? And they couldn't find them. That's... They're, like, getting... missing. Getting... No, I mean, but they were, like, getting ready for votes and stuff, and they just were, like, going through their inventory and couldn't find it. Yeah, it's missing from their inventory. Yeah, that's just wrong. Yeah, they found that hundreds of pieces of election and office equipment that were missing from their inventory records but actually existed. Yeah. Which means four voting machines, 45 computers, 127 monitors, 85 printers, and TV sets. I just don't get how something like that goes missing. Yep. You know, I mean, unless they just put it somewhere and weren't paying attention, but like, you know, an individual, for example, can't like walk off with something like that. Yep. In addition to all of those items, so we already have 1,450 pieces missing along with all the other stuff I just mentioned. They discovered 1,170 items that hadn't been properly tagged. Wow. With 463 computers, 449 monitors, 23 laptops, and 232 printers being mislabeled. Now, is this all like sort of since the last election? Do you understand, like, do they have a record of this stuff at the last election they don't now, and they're kind of wondering what's going on? I'm looking. It doesn't necessarily say, but they said that they were trying to look for 5,000 items out of the 11,000 items that they have inventoried Mm -hmm. by checking five warehouses and other facilities to try to match the entries and figure out if anything was gone. Uh So they're just like basically doing inventory. They were doing inventory. Wow. Yeah. If it's spread that far apart, then maybe people can walk off with things. Right. This inventory audit is initiated before the state's primary Uh in April where 100,000 voters had trouble casting their ballots. As a result, the lack of control over the equipment that's bought with taxpayer money can result in voting irregularities. Yeah. Thousands of voters could have slipped through the cracks in the most recent election. It just reminds me of that whole thing. I I don't know if we talked about this last time with the technology and the government being really old yeah i think we talked about that yeah it's like the same thing yeah i mean it's it's so inefficient and yeah this leads to so many problems yeah yeah speaking about government control uh-huh. philadelphia is trying to pass a 1.5 cent per ounce soda tax mm. i didn't really get to read this article so can you summarize let me see if I can get this a little bit, make a little bit more sense for you. Yeah. So essentially, Philadelphia might be the first city that actually taxes sugary drinks. Was it like per ounce or something? 1.5 cents per ounce. Uh-huh. Yes. Crazy. Originally, the proposal was a 3 cents per ounce tax. But uh, they didn't necessarily... I mean, look, I, I agree with it because I don't really approve of drinking soda, but I have to say, like, for some small businesses, right? You okay there? Yeah, I was just making sure the mic yeah. was working. But, you know, like small family restaurants or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where they, you know, sell the fountain soda because it's inexpensive for them and everything like that. Yeah. You know, so they're they're about to lose money, basically. Mm-hmm. Because people are just not going to buy that stuff. And that's better for people's health. However, it's just like the whole, you know, raising the minimum wage and all that. Like, you know, it kind of, it has other consequences. 
economic consequences. I mean, it's sad that the economy is even built on things like these, but, you know, I don't know if people are ready for that kind of shift. Literally, people are protesting in the street. Right. They're really upset about this. Right. And in some cases, that's where, you know, businesses are making their money. Because if you go into a place and you just want to sit down, right, maybe you're not comfortable just asking for a glass of water because when you're not paying for it, you buy a, you know, bottle of soda or something. Or you keep kosher. Right, that too. I'm just saying that for, for the sake of small businesses, this is kind of throwing a wrench into things, I would assume, if it goes through. It's just one more area where people are going to um, not want to spend money. Yeah. They're saying that the tax is actually going to work for pre-kindergarten community schools and park improvements. What do you mean? It's going to. That's what he wants the tax to use for. Yeah. Yeah, for for those type of improvements. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't know. I think you know things more along the lines in in those cases of like preventing schools from selling soda. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. Things, things where they they can have an effect on people who are maybe not in a position to make their own decisions. They're, they're going to raise $91 million from this tax. That's crazy. Well, that's if people keep buying the soda. Yeah. 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 Uh, cities like New York and San Francisco tried to pass a tax like this, but they failed. Mm-hmm. Berkeley, California is the only U.S. city that approves such a tax. But Philadelphia, for some reason, is drawing national attention. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bloomberg is actually spending thousands of dollars on ads to support the measure. Even Hillary and Sanders taking opposite sides of the issue it'll be very interesting to see how this whole thing turns out if it turns out yeah and they said the rallies were crazy because there were two sides one shouting no new tax Mm -hmm. and the other side saying kids can't wait what does that mean Oh, That's kids just can't what wait they for, shouted. Like, the playgrounds and stuff. Right. Yeah. Just the reality is nobody's making money like this that they can just keep shelling out money to the government. And it's very nice that the government wants to do these kinds of projects, but there's so many things that need to be fixed first. Yeah. California set it up so that there's a warning that appears on ads for sugary drinks. Mm -hmm. But this is taking it to a new level by actually initiating a tax. Right. I mean, the warning idea I like. Because I think that, you know, that at least kind of educates people. I'm big into educating people, but, you know, when when it hits your pockets, it's just, it's not cool. But this vote isn't official until June 16th. Uh Uh-huh. So, we'll see. Yeah. We have one last item. Yay! J-Date is closing its office in Israel. I saw that. And they were saying that there are a lot of people who use it in Israel, too. Right. They're laying off all 25 Israeli staffers as part of a cutback. Mm-hmm. It's a Jewish matchmaking website, and yet they're taking down the Israel office. Yeah. They said for the sake of budget? Yep. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that J-Date a long time ago was bought out. Mm -hmm. Right now it's owned by Spark Network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Spark Network has decided that they're going to maintain the Hebrew language content on Mm J-Date. But it's going to help reduce the company's Mm -hmm. operations worldwide. (coughs) because The The cost of them, you mean? Yep, because of declining revenues over... The last year. Just in the last year? In the last year. Interesting. That Spark Network is dealing with. hmm Now, the thing when it comes to Spark Networks is that they deal in all kinds of religious portfolios. What do you mean? So they came up with, like, a non-Jewish mingle site... 
and J-Date and J-Swipe and Believe and Gospel and Daily Bible Verse and all kinds of faith-based things. LDS Mingles, Silver Singles, BlackSingles.com, Cupid.co.il, Military Singles, Deaf Singles, literally any religious group with the word singles in it, they're Mm -hmm. buying those companies from other people and running them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, (coughs) it's just strange. And looking at the information, they still have on the website information about their Herzliya Petuach office (coughs) in Israel. Mm Mm-hmm. They're saying that they have donuts and bagels on Fridays. Company has a softball team that was champs in 2011. And they have break room fun during lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that happened. This is another avenue for people to meet each other that's being kind of closed down. Yeah. But it's, again, like nobody has money. What's kind of interesting as well is on November 18th, they announced that J-Date's getting a makeover. Mm-hmm. To what? Uh, with a sleek new appearance, improved back-end platform architecture, easier-to-use functionality, and robust new mobile-optimized features. With the company trying to return to their profitability and rebuilding its flagship brand. There's a reason why J-Date's not working as well as it did when it first came out. Because people are different? That too. Okay, so what were you going to say? They're not concentrating on Jewish values. Oh. Well, the question is, you know, which types of people are really using them. But like I said, I think people don't know each other as well as they used to. I mean, that's not saying much. I mean... But people have definitely changed in the last few years. Quite a lot, we've noticed. Oh, according to Spark, they're actually saying they were the one that launched J-Date 18 years ago. Uh-huh. 18 years ago is a long time. Hmm. People have changed a lot since then. I mean, think of just all the tech, technological changes that have happened since then. People weren't glued to their cell phones. You know, you could... They're saying J-Date's going to have a cleaner, streamlined user experience, new daily matches, improved user experience for the tablet users, expanded improved mobile presence and capabilities, and a redesigned inbox to make it easier to interact with the other members. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad I don't even have to look at J-Date, but feel bad for the future. Yeah. Oh, goodness. What? Okay. On J-Date, I just turned it on. There's a couple that's in a full embrace. They're kissing. The guy has no yarmulke on. It's really secular. Right. But, I mean, look where, you know, so much the population has gone, you know, in a negative you know, perspective on Israel and on religious Jews. So if they were to continue that perspective, probably a good chunk of the population would just be like, that's not for me. Okay, I'm on the site. Discover where Jewish relationships begin. It's free to look. Start browsing now. There's nothing that makes me feel that this is Jewish. But think about even, you know, like on college campuses now. It's not easy to be Jewish. Right. Because people are giving you a hard time. I love this. Want to get an even better handle on your love life and all access, all access spelt as one word. Mm-hmm. Subscription. Speaking of which, you know, this is a, definitely a tangent, but I've noticed so many spelling errors on like everything these days. You notice that? Yeah. Even on like apps and things where you, you know, or on like news headlines where you just expect it to be spelled right because it's a headline and it's misspelled. Look at this. Are you looking for Jewish signals near Yuv? See? Y-O-U-V. See? There you go. Check out our top cities. Jewish singles in Los Angeles. Jewish singles 
in New York or Jewish singles in Miami. Check out the complete list of Jewish singles near you. Or maybe your approach to Judaism is key, so Orthodox dating is your wheelhouse. Reformed Jewish singles might be a better fit. Jewish diversity is J-Date's middle name. What does that paragraph even mean? I don't know. Or maybe your approach to Judaism is key, so Orthodox dating is your wheelhouse? Okay, if they're trying to attract Orthodox Jews, you do not have a couple. Literally, take a look yeah. at this just for They're literally kissing yeah, right there no, on. I, see. I mean, that's not. They're going to lose more people. But then again, the Orthodox Jews who are modern enough to go on these things probably are used to seeing these things. They used to. Yes, they used to be more respectful, I'm just saying. We live in a different world than what it was a few years ago. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm going to just levels. use... I, I want to use the Wayback Machine just for a second. Yeah. And just look at the way the site looked. Because mm -hmm. maybe I'm just romanticizing everything and that it's... Here, I'm going to look at jdate.com right now on the Wayback Machine. How's that garlic doing? I'm on the last of six giant heads. Nice. I'm peeling. Yay, heads. Yeah. All right. Do you, what date should I do? Should I do around the time when we were uh, dating? That'd be interesting. All right, I'm going to 2013. We but weren't you know dating in 2013. We were getting married in 2013. I understand, but on the 17th, we were still... Fine. Fine. You want me to do earlier than do that? Do 2012, because that's do kind 2012. of like... It was around then that people got really weird. Give me a month in 2012. February. February. I'm going to go February 6th. Okay. Okay. Look at this. It looks much different. Black and white photos. It looks much more Jewish. It looks it's Jewish. Like a lot more Jewish. It feels Jewish. It says straight up, meet the Jewish singles. Yeah. Welcome to JDate, the premier Jewish community online for dating Jewish singles. JDate, yeah, it's really going after that. Mm -hmm. Create your profile. Join our JDate videos, our Jewish holiday calendar, our synagogue directory, our online magazine, our Jewish magazine, and blog where you can follow real-life stories of JDaters in Los Angeles, New York City, and much, much more. Done. Yeah. Doesn't that sound so much it better? It does, but people have changed. People who are hitting the age where they're using this stuff now don't really identify as much with, you know, Jewish history as they... It's so sad. Did back then. I want to do the experiment, though, that I was doing before. I want to go to August 17th, a day before the wedding. Okay. Of 2013. Yep. This website is down. Really. Hmm. Well, everybody was getting married then. We all get married in August. Okay, I'm going August 14th. Site was still up. Okay, fine. So let me do December 31st of 2013. Nope, still same site. Let's go to 2014. Big changes on the 17th of December. Nope, it's all broken. That's around when we started to see people change. It was like 2014-ish, right? Oh my god. Huh? Look, look at this. December 17, 2014. It's really bad Photoshop job. Yeah. Of a guy holding a spoon, feeding a matzo ball. Right, but it's still Jewish, you know, right. cultural. What's interesting is it says matzo ball recipes don't survive on their own. Right. And then they kept the rest of it. But that seems like, yeah, yeah, that's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. In that December. Of 2014. 2014. But that's exactly what we noticed. That's crazy. It's like people were going crazy. So I'm going to pinpoint it exactly what day in December when it happened, when they started to 
changed their entire philosophy. Granted, this company has been around for 18 years. Things have changed a lot in 18 years. I can see that. Yep. It sure tells you a lot about culture. Just like looking at a website? Well, looking at this kind of website. I mean, looking at the dating scene and how that's changed. Well, what's also kind of fascinating to watch is that they ha always had a counter up and it goes up and down between like 5,000 and 6,000. So like December 28th, connect with 9,314 members. Mm -hmm. this, then a little bit later in the day, connect with 8,230 members. And then connect with 5,999 members. So just in the 29th, you uh, have December? the number. Yeah. The but numbers were going down. Because I would assume, would memberships expire then? I don't even know how these things work. I don't know. You know, either memberships would expire or people would be like, you know, reassessing their whole situation in some cases. Their situation. No, the question is, you know, it's New Year's, right? Yeah. You know, whether that would be different on like a different day of the year. It's possible. Okay, so here we go. I'm now in December 14th. Oh, hold on. Let me just get this right. All right, February 28th. Find someone whose mother is just excited for this day. Mm -hmm. And they have this interesting picture of a chuppah and yeah. a blurred. So... In 2014 looks to be when things started to go down. Because mm -hmm. they got rid of a lot of the traditional items. Yeah. Okay. On, on October 1st, 2014, find someone who still loves to talk about sleepaway camp. And then we get to December 1st with the awkward matzo ball thing. Mm -hmm. Of last year. Yeah. Now 2015, still matzo ball. Where they took down the counter. So they're not even showing anymore how many people. Nope. No, they, they literally people stopped are probably. I would assume, like, depressed if they're not having success with these kinds of websites because people are changing, because they're not as likely to find good people on these things. I don't know. What do I know? I've never used these websites. Okay, so April 16th has the matzo ball recipes don't survive on their own. I go to April 17th. There's a picture of Shannon and Zach that were married October 2013, showing them kissing. There it is, 2013. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so they're saying initiate contact for free, view photos of singles near you. 4,033 members online now. So it's half what it was. Half what it was before. Yeah. But they also played with their formula. Right. And then April 17th, they went back to the picture of the matzo ball. And then April 18th. They went back to the dating couple. But you know what we also noticed? I and mean, we've been on the subject for a while, but anyway. Around when we got married, right? Yeah. 2013, there were a lot of people who got married. We were, like, in the middle of this, like, rush of people getting married. Okay? Yeah. And then there was, like, a lull in it for a little while. Yes. Okay? And since then, now, sort of, the people who are left are the people who are still figuring themselves out. We've noticed that. Yeah. And there are, you know... Not too many, and they're gradually figuring it out, but, um, where is this tangent going? Yeah. It's, it's a very different crowd. It's sort of people who are kind of, like, lost and, like, ending up blending into this sort of new generation that's coming up, even though they're much older. Yeah. It, it's interesting going to the other type of website for those that aren't Jewish. You see they're going with the same thing, the kiss and the hug. Yeah. In this case, they're holding balloons. 
Right. That's what people are relating to, maybe. I don't know. It's the same company, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Did you finish the garlic? I did. I'm just going to put stuff on it now. Okay. You can keep going. I don't know why I've been talking, but... I, I mean, we've been talking for an hour. Oh, right. I kind of figured... Do well, you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Oh, okay. One should always listen to their wife. Oh, that, yes, that's very important. Yep. I guess that means we're done. Okay. All right. See you next time. You said always listen to your wife, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. Love you. Love you, too.